0: Hello, this is Faith and Create, a podcast about makers and their faith. Today I'm going to chat with Murray James, a singer and songwriter who's been performing in a number of bands and also as a solo artist. Murray's also a high school music teacher. The students are very lucky to have him, he's a great teacher. And I met Murray in the creative staff room where I teach a small bit of photography and each week, I'd get to hear an update of his latest musical creations. And he released a new album of music, Lonely Astronaut. And I've been wanting to share his story for some time. And I'm so glad to have Murray on the podcast. So get comfy and enjoy listening along. Your latest album, Lonely Astronaut, is a is a favorite of ours over here. So it gets a fair listening, especially when we're getting our... That's
1: so nice. Yeah,
0: when we're getting dinner <laughs> prepared. Um, we always want good music, and we always. I'm oh, um and ah, how to find music. It's so hard finding good music, um, and we always just love your your album Lonely Astronaut. It's just so that's oh, so
1: nice, great
0: to listen to while you're just getting ready for the night and having your dinner and um, yeah. So well done. That's with the that. nicest
1: thing ever. Yeah, that exceeds all of the goals I set out to. Um, to to do with that with that album so that's so nice to hear thank you
0: <laughs> oh you're welcome so why don't you tell us about the lonely astronaut what was it like making that album and launching it that's a big question tell us whatever comes yeah. to your mind
1: <laughs> so I, I guess I had grown up playing in a bunch of bands. Um, as a kid you know as young as like 14 with a bunch of friends and uh yeah had been writing songs and using them in in those bands and when those bands kind of finished up I was still writing songs here and there like over the years and whatnot and I'd started to kind of play live music and and do gigs and every now and then I'd sneak some of my originals in and you know at home I'd make little demo versions and I had kind of thought about one day wanting to Uh, release the music but didn't really know how to go about it or have the contacts or anything and then uh, at one of the gigs you know I was playing people were really getting into into the music and dancing and singing along and I had this guy come up to me afterwards and say hey like you know I I really like to record your stuff if that's something you'd ever want to do and I think I was just always waiting for that kind of tap on on the shoulder Mm -hmm. it was actually um, yeah shout out to to Ben Saylor who who was yeah just great engineer and his producer as well and yeah so that kind of kicked off the process and then from there you know I I wanted to make it a really like a fully solo project um as much as possible so I wanted to just kind of see what I could do and so you know I I wanted to play uh the drums um the guitars the the keys the vocals and everything as much as I could and ended up collaborating a little bit towards the end but yeah we i did one day in the studio um on the drums i you know got the the drum uh, our church has got an amazing drum kit so I asked if i could use that so thank you matt sparks for letting me use the kit yeah and uh then the rest i recorded at home and we I, we went back and did one more day in the studio to get some better acoustic guitar sounds that didn't have like motorbikes going down the street because that was one of the struggles of recording yeah. in an apartment or recording wherever it's not an ideal place yeah. and I didn't have like the best equipment either. So, um, yeah, just recorded at home at, at my own time and then sent all the tracks to, to Ben who who mixed it and you know, we kind of back and forth on different mixes and different sounds until, you know, it all, all came t- t- together by December of, uh, 2018 and, um, yeah, it, it was just such a whirlwind. Like I definitely bit off more than I can chew. And it was so – it was fun, exciting, but exhausting and crazy. And then, yeah, at the end of the year, um, put on a gig with all my favourite people in mm-hmm. a brewery in uh, – where was where was the – where was the album launch again? Staves Brewery in
0: – I know. I've um, got it in the back of my mind. It's
1: – Near Sydney Uni. It's near Newtown.
0: Near Newtown. Broadway. Yeah. Broadway.
1: In – In Broadway and um, yeah, some of my you know closest Muso friends as well. I wish I could have even had a bigger band. Um, We we you know played the tracks and yeah, it was just the best. And then uh, my wife and I like uh, a week later and uh, went to London and we spent a year in London. So there is a very long winded recap of uh, yeah leading up to putting it out.
0: I know, and I kind of met you at the beginning because when I first came into the yeah. staffing, you we were just starting it, and I didn't realize it. But I got to hear your little updates every week, and um, yeah, what you were sorry recording. about that? No, I loved it.
1: I've, I've learned to stop doing that. Like, no, I, no, no, <laughs> don't
0: stop. It's you, very
1: fun. <laughs> it's when when you show people your demo tracks, you're really wearing them down because you're really enjoying it, like or, or like really wanting their feedback. But they're like, it's not finished yet, and you're like, yeah, I know that's the point. But people are like. But it's not done.
0: <laughs> no, it Just was fun. The whole thing. I loved hearing little. It was like every every week I'd come in and I'd get a little update. It was like a like a series. Yeah. The series. Yeah. And then I got to go to your launch as well and see like mm. the end result. It was it was good. How long did that yeah. take again? How long did it take from start to finish building the album?
1: Uh, look, uh, from seriously like deciding to to make an album, I think it I think it was a. I think we started in January yep. of 2018 and then, yeah, put it out in, in December. It came out yeah. on the mm. two days, was it two days before?
0: Yeah, it was before, of days before Christmas. Christmas. or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. December 18th, I think it was, something like that.
0: Yeah. And you made an art, um, You got yeah. an artwork made for it as well. That was cool. What was the process getting the artwork made? You had a friend yeah, that, that helped that, you
1: make that. That was super fun. So, yeah, one, one of the songs on the album is called... Um, you know stranger in a strange land Talking talk about this lonely astronaut i kind of wrote that a little bit about just just you know kind of myself going around and playing gigs on i had just like had this big idea of playing gigs on other planets and because no one was listening to the the guy on <laughs> earth or whatever so he took his, himself elsewhere uh, yeah, he hit up a mate that I, I'd grown up with. is just an amazing artist. His name's Dan Long. And yeah, it was really awesome. He drew up some like concepts and I loved all of them. And I really wanted to make the artwork a big thing. And so he, you know, made a whole artwork booklet, you know, for the CD. And it just, yeah, it looked looks so cool. And just yeah. brought the whole kind of little thing to life. And did. I did have a big plan to have like a film clip. Uh, like a fully animated film clip but uh and didn't end up having kind of the money or or the, the time to actually get it done but yeah yeah maybe, maybe another time
0: it does cost doesn't it it's quite costly making a big album yeah yeah, that's
1: yeah. Good. um but yeah that so that was the process doing the artwork that, that was really fun i met up with him a few times over so some just had some meals and yeah it, he kind of just doodled some things up and talked about what it would look like so yeah
0: Oh, what fun! It's so good. Yeah, we we really enjoy that album. Um, and how did you discover? Go back to the beginning when you first discovered your love for music. Do you? What's the story mm. behind that?
1: Well, my my dad loves music. Like he grew up in the in the sixties, and you know, from what he's told me, you know, he just couldn't wait to get to the record store with his pennies and buy whatever vinyl uh, he could. And uh, he grew up listening to a whole bunch of music. And so, so, so did I, and he had a radio show. He's got a radio show now uh, called uh, back to the, is it back to the seventies? Something like that. Sorry, dad. The um, best of the seventies, something like that. He's doing a radio show at the moment and i used to get to go in as like a five-year-old you know and like he'd get me to do like little announcements and stuff and i thought it was cool so i grew up with music and instruments around the house and um uh, eventually uh started getting guitar lessons when i was in like when i was like 12 but i didn't really kind of dig playing the guitar very early on it was only kind of maybe in high school i remember a, a friend of mine at youth group Came in like said, hey, we're putting on this like concert um, at my school, and we need a lead guitarist, and you're gonna do it. And so here's here's the music for it. Go learn it. And it was like a Metallica song, and I'd never heard of any Metallica <laughs> songs ever. And um, it was super hard, um, but it was like just again like just a little tap on the shoulder that I needed. And then all of a sudden, like I owned, you know, I was a guitarist, and I got to go, I had to go learn a song, and. Um, you know we put on a show and uh yeah so I, I really started taking guitar pretty seriously after that and you know really tried to earn my way on um on the instrument and so oh, yeah um, so and then a just friend. through high school yeah. yeah yeah through a friend I had so many amazing musician friends in, in high school and we'd all kind of push each other and yeah so so that was really really a cool environment to grow up in learning music yeah yeah no that's
0: lots of fun And the landscape, so yes, you do, you have done a lot of live music for events and things like that as well. Um, What are your, I'm interested in your thoughts on the future of live music because it's really changed and not that you have an answer, but what are your, do you have any thoughts on the future of it?
1: Yeah, that's such an interesting question. I mean, like even before COVID, kind of like the music industry has been changing. I think it's, you know, definitely changed now that you literally well, especially for a long period this year musicians couldn't play and people couldn't meet and mm. now it looks different because you, you know you can't sing next to each other and audiences can't dance or sing along together so that's definitely ch- like changed all all the work I, I've done this year and still things are kind of getting cancelled and and whatnot or, or changed slightly but I think there the the live scenes so different to what to maybe what it used to be I I remember growing up, even just the, the Christian music scene. You know, playing punk music. If you put a gig on at your youth group, like up to three hundred people, you know, kids would be keen to come along. People would come from out of town and make a big thing of it, you know, to see the the local rock band. But that k- kind of thing doesn't happen anymore. And I think it's so, I think it's because you know we have this access to seeing mm. people all the time on YouTube or you know just just online. I suppose it's just not as much of a thing and especially locally anyway I mean people will always fork out to go and see their favorite international big acts you know come and play a stadium or whatever yeah. I think that that seems you know pretty alive and kicking but you're kind of your local um people it's definitely changed to you know releasing as much music as possible or making videos and
0: yeah. uh
1: that kind of thing yeah
0: yeah so you sense to change even before COVID hit with that
1: yeah, yeah, definitely oh, and especially you know when you work in you know, working in school I always like to ask my the the younger students in 7 and 8 um, oh, yeah you know, how do you guys what do you, how do you guys find music like what do you listen to do you listen to your parents music do you yeah. um do, do you go find music on YouTube or Spotify or you know what, what's it like these days to find music and I, I suppose it's a bit of a mixture for all of them you know uh, a lot of the kids at school these days you know were born yeah you know, some of the younger kids are born after yeah. 2005 even, you know. Um, and so they haven't heard of even the the bands that I grew up with and it makes me feel super old when they haven't heard of like Blink-182 or something like that, you know.
0: <laughs> but they have heard of a lot of 80s stuff. I can't um... – Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that their parents, you know, where I grew up with the music from like the 60s because of my parents, these kids are growing up with the music from the 80s and the early 90s. Yes. Um, yeah yeah so <laughs> which is very cool
0: and they don't mind it they don't mind it like i i have that conversation too with them because we'll put on music while we're editing our photos or things like that and yeah. they, i'm just so surprised that you know sometimes they want to listen to disney and <laughs> mm. and sometimes they want to listen to the eight and 80s or a 90s mix and mm. very rarely do they have something new to show me and um yeah yeah but it's so bizarre but it's so
1: interesting just how it just takes its own shape with whatever's kind of going on in in the world but oh one other thing i should mention is that um a a company called six eight is like you know a a startup that have kind of they've they've kind of made like a platform for artists to you know put their profile online and, and encourage people in the community to kind of book artists directly without having to go through agents or you know even like have to go and search too hard for a musician, or or whatnot, and they can see a musician's rate, or their you know check out some of their videos, and then they can book them for their you know their thirtieth, or for their wedding, or you know for their local backyard or park gig, or yeah. or whatever. And I think that's that that's changing the accessibility um, yeah. to mu- musicians as well. It's you know kind of like an Uber Eats for. Musicians, yeah, but um, yeah, th- th- those guys are great. If you're a musician, um, should yeah check out 68.com.au, I think yeah, because um, yeah, true. I, I've gotten a lot of I've gotten a lot of gigs through them, which have been really really fun.
0: Yeah, and now do you do, you do a bit of teaching through them as well, or or not?
1: Uh, not not at the moment. No, but they um, they they're starting to explore the idea of having yeah music. The, the same idea but for musicians to be tutors where, you know, someone could book an online lesson with them, especially through COVID, they'll think, how can we keep supporting mm. musicians who are out of work? Why don't we give them the yeah. option to teach uh, online and that kind of thing? Um, yeah, which is so good. I really love that yeah, they're kind of heart for, for musicians and trying to hook them up with work and kind of have music throughout Australia and I think also internationally as well. They're, they're yeah,
0: no, so it's so interesting. All the different industries are having to rethink and and recreate their way mm. of yeah performing. Or same with photography, the same kind of thing. You can yeah, I'm part of mm. something that can yeah, you, know, you can book. And um, yeah, it's kind of the way it's going. But it moves so fast; mm. it's hard to keep up with it. It has all changed up and it's just interesting that no one really is settled um in the and that's why it's interesting just to see what people are trying Mm. but no one's really settled into anything in particular um even event like event photography is a big one with us so you've got event music um yeah and we've i do i reckon 50 percent of my work was event photography and that that has kind of totally gone thrown up in the air and it's interesting how they're trying to redo a lot of things online. Like they're trying to do a lot of events now online, but it doesn't yeah. have the same feel, you know, like it's nothing quite like, you know, having live music and real people getting real drinks and real food. <laughs> and Yeah. Like- yeah.
1: It's totally a different experience and like just the vibe in a room or, you know, it, just the emotion that can come from watching an artist perform or yeah, like uh, taking a photo in a room, you know, know, it's just, yeah, it it just can't, there's no substitute for it. You know, we're so used to listening to our music through some tiny little speakers on our laptop or something like that. And it just, it doesn't do it justice. It's a different whole different thing.
0: It's fun to think about it though, but I feel like there's a little movement towards people creating more intimate events in their home spaces. So Going to an event a big event can sometimes feel lonely and you come home and sometimes you don't feel like you've actually really connected. And I feel like the way events maybe could go, uh, doing events in intimate spaces, maybe in your own backyard, where you hire mm. equipment, you still can like have like music, and you can still have a photographer, but the, the mm. um, events just become a lot smaller, and then they get recorded still. Um so you still need them filmed and then they get broadcast to a wider, you know, group um if they want to Yeah, wow. Um but I feel like maybe there's a place for smaller, intimate ones, but they just get more broadcast. Yeah. If that Does that make sense? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh I'm seeing like P- uh, some of my PR agencies I'm linked with trying to promote something kind of like that. <laughs> uh yeah. where you can hire the you can hire the decorations and yeah blah 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 hire everything but you just do it then smaller and then you film it and anyway yeah. yeah yeah anyway yeah off on a- that's
1: so cool yeah and i i guess everything um i don't know we can only speak from our perspectives as well like uh, i suppose for me as a musician i can only talk about the, the, the music industry to, to an extent like just what i've experienced and i'm sure it's different for everybody you know i don't do it full time either so Hasn't impacted me as much as no. others who would really have to look in completely other places. Like yeah, I think, or you know, my, my friends would even they'd say completely different things the way it's affected them. So
0: I know it's interesting how you've gone back into full time and COVID came at the same time. It's interesting mm. you've been uh, you've had that solid kind of income that hasn't wavered as opposed to you know half and half.
1: it's it good timing going back to teaching. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I felt
0: like you know you're being looked after. Oh, that's good. Yes. Well, my next question is grateful, thinking back to all the little moments musically, um, grateful working moments where you might have seen, you know, God answer a prayer or given. you've had a desire on your heart and you've been like, oh, I'd really like this to happen and I'm not sure how it's going to happen but I really like it and maybe you mm. saw something that you wanted come to life um, and you're grateful mm. for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah there's a lot of things like music such a such a blessing and like so many ways like it's it's um such a cool thing to explore like you know i i'll play music every day and it it's quite you know therapeutic and like it's a nice personal thing but it's also such a great thing to do in groups you know spend time with friends with something in common and you know it makes people happy and and all that kind of thing but a a time that i can remember being pretty, I don't know know if life-changing, but I'm extremely grateful, like, to God for is that I remember um, uh, last year in London when I wasn't teaching, I taught for nine months, and then I was just gigging full-time and feeling really, really overwhelmed, like, you know, where the rug's kind of been pulled out from under you in the sense that I don't have the security of, of a job anymore. And it all kind of rests on my shoulders and, you know, I'm my own brand. And that was very, very daunting. Um, I remember sitting in, in church and it, it wasn't even necessarily what the, the speaker was speaking about, but I was sitting there after just having this really big, like kind of moment, just thinking about, The reason i'm feeling so 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 stressed about music being everything and just feeling like i you know am i i'm not good enough to be doing this full time and what if people don't like me and um uh, you know when's enough kind of thing remember just sitting there thinking like how music isn't like ever actually going to fulfill me fully and i think that's a a big problem for a lot of musicians and potentially why there's so many you know people who aren't happy in the music industry all the way at the top insanely successful like all the artists we look up to you know
0: yeah that's true you know
1: who who really aren't happy that that billions of dollars in and out of rehab or you know with even more famous people like you know really heavy depression and you know you could literally not be able to count on like two hands the amount of you know artists who have committed suicide recently and you think hey on a sec like you guys have been making the most amazing music that's not fulfilling you yeah. you've got all the money in the world that's not fulfilling you've got you know all, all these other things that you've been, we've been told when we're successful um everything's going to be okay but it's still not and kind of having that realization and god kind of just showing me that if that's where i put all my hope and all of my joy then it's gonna let me down and it was really a big weight off my shoulders to say hey music can just be a small little pocket that I enjoy and kind of use for God and to bless others but not it's not me and it's not who I am and my success doesn't define me and so yeah I that was kind of a real big moment for me and I think yeah I'm very grateful to have had that, it was nearly like an intervention where everyone sat me down, except it wasn't. It was just me sitting <laughs> in a chair having this realization. So
0: yeah, um, no, that's so yeah. interesting. I think a lot of create creative fields can be like that, where you just oh, you just want to be the best photographer. I, I know I would love to be the best photographer or the best fashion designer yeah. or the best you know filmmaker. Um, but yeah, at the end of it, you can get that, and it's amazing how you can look at the top and go, wow, they've got it and they're actually not happier they may be more no. un- they may be more unhappy and it always baf- that really baffles me as well yeah it's really mm. interesting to think about and i always I, I struggle with that thought as well but i know that i'm much better i'm much happier you know just um, stepping you know with god and putting him first putting all my eggs into his basket rather than yeah. my my creative um, dream basket but it's fun that we yeah. get to do it as well. It's fun that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's an interesting little journey. Journey, isn't it? And how did you, how did you become a Christian? What's your story there?
1: Yeah, so I, um, uh, my parents became Christians uh, just after I was I was born, and they they wanted to get me christened for whatever reason or baptised, and they became Christians through that uh, process and started going to church. So I grew up. With my parents, kind of exploring Christianity and, oh, and going oh, to church as a young kid, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that's not how I became a Christian, obviously, but that, that's how kind of my family got involved in church. And yeah. I remember uh, I was in year uh, in year seven on a Christian camp that is dear to my heart, called Triple M, which is up in Katoomba at the uh, the CMS um, campsite. And I remember hearing a, a week of talks. Uh, from 1 Peter and uh yeah kind of uh uh, after reading a bunch of that book um yeah praying to God that uh you know uh, asking him yeah to be my lord and savior and since then uh that's how I've become a Christian
0: yeah and it's interesting that's how um I kind of similar to me my parents also became Christians when I was just born and, um, yeah really yeah so they weren't beforehand and I yeah I kind of grew up while they were growing up <laughs> in it yeah uh, which was interesting that's so cool yeah they didn't really come from a Christian family beforehand so mm. I always love I love their that's story. amazing I love yeah. asking them their stories as well <laughs> they've got interesting stories but that's for another podcast your songwriting process how how do you start writing a song what's where do you start
1: yeah, oh, I love I love writing songs and I, I love that it's always different the way that it, it happens. Um, and it's always a bit of a kind of jigsaw puzzle sometimes. But for majority of my songs, it comes from just kind of noodling around on the guitar. And I'll come up with the, a little riff or, or something like that, um, which will kind of stick with me for a little while. And then I'll start humming little little tunes over the top. And then the last part for me, I always struggle with lyrics. Sometimes ah. I'll have a little, I'll have a song fully written with every single nook and cranny done music-wise, and then the lyrics are the last thing, and I always struggle. So that's that's majority. I'd say that's probably like seventy-five percent of the, the songs I write uh, happen like that. But then the, there's others that kind of just, you know. I know it's cliche, but kind of just kind of fall out of the sky and they're just fully written songs in one sitting. It's normally the more simple songs that, it, you know, normally it's when something's like really kind of going on in life and you just need a way to express it. And it all just yeah. kind of happens, music, lyrics, melody, all together, which is cool. I, f- I find that those are the best songs, the ones that kind of just write themselves. You know, it can be done in an hour. You know, the other ones take can take like a year <laughs> start to finish or something sometimes
0: uh, yeah it must be hard when you've got like a little riff or something little and it you need to finish it but you don't know yeah how to re- how mm. to resolve it um,
1: yeah well I, I was really frustrated a lot of the songs on the album were exactly like that they were all ready to go just without lyrics and I remember just thinking man my life's so boring like, I have nothing to write about <laughs> at the moment and I was like, I know people and stories that have been through different stuff. And so I just kind of stepped into some other people's shoes, you know, from, from people that I've known throughout life and kind of wrote from their perspectives about just little things that I've been through alongside them, but from their perspective and I found that really freeing. Like I found just the lyrics just would start to flow that way. And so I, I think that's a, that was a cool way to get rid of a bit of writer's block yeah. and – yeah, So, yeah, yeah that, that's where I got a little bit of inspiration for, for, for the album. A lot of people come and ask me, what's this song about on the album? And, yeah. hey, well, like, I didn't know like, that about you. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not about me, actually. It's about, <laughs> it's about <Yeah>. someone else.
0: <laughs> that's so interesting because, yeah, the sound's one thing, isn't it? Um, I don't know. When I, yeah. when, I, when I speak with Marcus, my husband, he loves, you know, the music as well he loves like the sound he's not that interested in the words he's interested in the mm. vibe of a song and the feeling of a song yeah. and the sound of a song i never t- yeah
1: I never really pay attention to the words yeah my wife Emily she really listens to the words and the words are a bit, big part of the music she listens to but they all go mm. over my head and I'm listening to the things in the background That's you know? so
0: interesting yeah. yeah yeah I'm like Emily I definitely I love words but I know not to listen too intently to some words, especially, you know, I used to love Nirvana as a kid and, mm. and he, yeah, he, just sing, he just sings the whole thing over and over again. Like you can't take his words in really because it's yeah. just, and, and in, any of that rock stuff, sometimes it's so messy that you can't hear what they're actually yeah. saying. So you just have to get lost in the vibe of, and the sound of the song and you just have to switch off the words and enjoy it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, forces, no, you it forces you to. It forces you to. Oh, it's interesting, <laughs> and so yeah, you back to you. You recently went overseas. In it was London. Mm. Was it London that you went to? Yeah, we lived in London. Yeah. So I was just interested because I've never been to London. I was interested in what the musical scene was like. It was pre-COVID. What was it like? It was so fun that you got to experience that before COVID, you know, came into play. Yeah. Um, So, so, yeah, what was it like?
1: London, it was such an awesome year for so so many reasons, going over there to teach and also to to gig as well. And um, so I played music in kind of two different um, lanes over there. So I joined... Uh, a band with one of my closest friends growing up. We we played in uh two bands together as teenagers, um Artie Worsley, uh, and he was in a in a punk, kind of post punk band. Uh, he was playing drums and his guitar and uh singer and you know, they would always played without a bass player and uh you know, I played bass in the band with Artie when we were growing up. Oh and
0: wow.
1: They kind of didn't want to ask me because he won't want to play bass and then I didn't want to ask them hey do you want a bass player because they had the whole two-piece thing going on and eventually you know I think he just we like kind of flirted around the idea of um making it a three-piece and then yeah I, I joined that band and so the the live music scene there was it was okay I it was kind of similar to Sydney interesting a little bit hmm. you know the, a bunch of pubs that would have originals bands and you know tickets at the door and you'd get a certain cut of the the tickets as a band and you know you'd probably you probably have more people out and about in London it's a really dense city so you probably have more people in bars so you're never playing to like an empty room or anything like that so that, that kind of originals side was, was cool and I really love yeah gem with those guys and and Playing some punk music, punk punk music, you know, was born over there, and uh, you know, um, so so it was cool to play there, and we played in some some cool bars, you know, that like Amy Winehouse had played in as well, which is cool. cool. And then the on the other side of things, you know, playing the covers thing solo, what I do, you know, just I play with an acoustic guitar and with a loop pedal and sing, and I either I kind of just vibe the room in in a pub or a club or whatever, and I'll, I'll either play people are chatting and having a, you know, a meal or whatever, I'll play kind of quiet, chilled stuff. And, you know, as the night kicks on, if people want to dance and I'll try and play some more upbeat stuff or some more, you know, anthem sing-along kind of thing. And the thing I found about the Brits is, like, they are just way more keen to have a good time than (laughs) Aussies in a bar. Like,
0: (laughs) or at least wait earlier. At least wait
1: earlier. Like, you know, it normally kicks off after ten in Sydney when people's you know when all the beers have kicked in or whatever but over there they just love to sing you know that sing as they're going down the street all the lads or, or at the football or yeah. whatever they just like such a culture thing and so at the bar there as soon as you pull that guitar out sing the first song everyone just puts their drinks down stands up and then they'll just belt it out for hours um oh, how so fun. that was really really that. cool you're not that like unnoticed guy yeah. playing his guitar in like a dark corner everyone just wants to sing along and dance and, and have a good time I don't know I, all I can put it down to is maybe the culture and that there's a lot of yeah uh, people traveling and I don't know
0: no um, no I think Sydney's definitely a little bit more conservative because when I capture events like the same I find them harder to warm up they're a little bit more reserved and uh, yes karaoke, and, th- yeah, karaoke yeah. and things like that don't really take off yeah. here i've always wanted yeah, to sydney do it. is no very <laughs>
1: conservative very yeah very i think reserved is the right word like when you pull out a guitar in maybe like a sydney bar between six and seven or even seven to eight o'clock people are just gonna like look at you and they'll you know <laughs> oh. that's just what you find whereas over there people will like they'll see music and they'll go into that bar because it's there yeah they're
0: willing to just let go let down their guard a little bit more. yeah no i have found that as well with um just observing events from a photography point of view. Mm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, a lot fun to experience that. That is such a cool yeah. um, way to go out before COVID hit, you know?
1: Yeah, and we're very grateful we, we came back when we did. But, yeah, also, um, yeah, heart goes out to lots of musos here and there who are looking for work wherever, wherever they can get it. Yeah. But, yeah, it, yeah, summer, very cool over there.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah it was well, summer. I, there was summer over there.
1: Yeah, summer, summertime, most of the time when I was uh, playing, playing those gigs. And, oh, yeah, I was playing every fri- Friday or Saturday as well. I kind of had like a residency in, in a bar. So, uh, you know, got to kind of get to know the, the bar staff and what they were doing. Mm.
0: One, more, one more question before I let you mm. go. Have you, have you got any new music building at the moment, Murray? What's happening um, with your music stuff now?
1: Yeah, I've been writing lots and lots of stuff and really excited about it. I haven't sat down and actually kind of made a bit of a plan as to what I want to do. I haven't really had the time to do it. Just teachings just been so full on this year, especially with COVID and five days a week and uh, HSE time. And like music's been, it's, it's just been a bit of a hobby and I haven't been taking it too seriously. But I've been writing a lot of music, kind of demoing it out. Um, for fun and and just learning new things yes i am very keen to in you know 2021 to start sharing some of the music out there whatever it's going to be whether it be singles or you know working towards another album or something like that if it doesn't Mm. kill me because the last one nearly killed me Um, (laughs) yeah things are in the pipeline and i suppose it's some more of the same but also some some different stuff as well
0: yeah, well, that sounds it does sound good, and it's probably nice to have a little bit of a break. Like you don't have a deadline mm. that of an album launch no. coming up. So, do you find the music that you are playing with at the moment? Do you find you can just relax and have fun with it as and switch off? Yeah, switch off from the yeah. school, school week and and just enjoy your music a little bit more rather than I don't know work towards a deadline.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. And sometimes deadlines are good. Like putting the deadline on, on the album was good because I had to finish. I'm terrible at finishing things. Uh. <laughs> I have a lot of open-ended ideas. But, so that was good in a sense. So I'll need to give myself a deadline. But at the same time, yeah, I really like just being able to have fun with stuff. And if a song's not, even just writing a full song in a completely different style, that really isn't me. And being happy to be like, nah, I won't even use that, you know? Um, whereas before, like every song had to, had to count had to make every everything count but it, it's nice just you know j- just writing for the fun of it and if if I use it later then great and if I don't whatever it was it was cool it was fun
0: yeah no it is fun oh I love music well, I can't wait I can't wait to see what you do next but there's no pressure we're still enjoying the <laughs> we're still enjoying the lonely astronaut uh but All yeah you thanks
1: are. that's so nice
0: well thanks so much for chatting and no, I-
1: so good to chat
0: Thanks for listening. So glad to have Murray on and share his story. I'm going to pop a link to his album Lonely Astronaut, plus some of his music details in the podcast notes. Have a listen and enjoy the rest of your day.